We're so thankful for you, and we want to welcome all you online. Can everybody in the house give a big hand of applause for those online? We honor you online, our community online. Let's stand together. Welcome the presence of the Lord. We're thankful for you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, how many knows this is the day the Lord has made? And what are we going to do? Come on, we're going to rejoice, and we're glad in it. Amen and amen and amen. Listen, can we just lift our voices together and welcome the King, welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the power of our Father God. Come on, let's lift our voices. Father, we love you. We honor you. We invite you into this room today. We pray, Father, by the power of your Spirit that every life is touched. Lord, that miracles, signs, wonders will be performed here today. And Lord, we just thank you right now for the lives that's being touched in the 90 nations that's joining us online. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that rests on this house. And Lord, I pray, may that same anointing fill our lives today as we worship and adore and lift up your name. Can we do that together right now all across the house? And let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship today. Do you see what I see? Come on, put your hands together. Do you see what I see?
exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or think. Thank you, Jesus.
across this place, lift up your hands. Jesus is in this place. We worship you, oh God. Will you be my light when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? And when I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? Say, I shall not I shall not want my cup. Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not, I shall not want, I shall not prophesy. I shall not want, cause my cup, cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want, and I will lift my eyes to where my head
Welcome to Regeneration Nashville Choir. God bless. Give it over, give it over, 
just one hand. Now he's so big, he rides the wind that blows, and yet he's the only one who knows your heart and he knows the trouble you're in. And when life seems everything but good, remember him, he's the one that could, if you would only just dare to look to Amen. I always love hearing the choir sing. It's, it's powerful, and I love to see what the Lord is doing. Uh, we have a couple announcements uh, coming up for this month, and uh, we have our monthly prayer meeting, which is always on the first Saturday of the month. Uh, and so this one is on August 6th from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., and it's here at the, the Cornerstone location, so everybody can, can spread out and find their own space, and, and God does such great, powerful things at our prayer meetings. I know that, that Dad has given several prophetic words at the last couple uh, uh, prayer meetings, and there's just such a strong spirit of the Lord, and so I encourage you uh, to, to join us on Saturday, August 6th. Uh, we also have community group leadership training on August 6th at 11 a.m., and that's after our prayer meeting. So it's it's here at the Cornerstone location, and, it, and it's right after our prayer meeting. And uh, Pastor Harry and Sandra and Pastor Jasmine uh, will be leading that up. And so if you are interested in being a community group leader, uh, you don't want to miss that. 
we also have a back to school bash uh, for our kids from uh, K to fifth grade on August 27th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. And that's here at Cornerstone. And we'll have bounce houses and games and we'll have stuff for the kids too. And so y'all come out and uh, we'll have plenty of food and it'll be a good time. Uh, Saturday, August 6th at 5.30 p.m., we have our first youth band practice. It's very exciting. Yes. And it's at our old building. Uh, and so mark your calendars. And if you miss sign up for our, uh, at, at the last youth uh, event for the youth band, if you miss a sign up, show up to this one and, and come and join us. And just to clarify, this isn't a youth event, but this is youth band practice. And that's August 6th at 5.30 p.m. Uh, starting next Saturday, uh, sorry, next Sunday, the youth will start meeting in the choir room from 1.30 to 2.30. I'm so excited about this. Uh, it's gonna be a time a fellowship, a time for, uh, you know, a, a Bible study, and we'll have snacks, and it's just good for the kids to, to get together and, and, and hang out, and so that's here before service on Sundays, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., and we're going to be doing that twice a month, and so our first one is uh, this, this coming Sunday, and so I hope that you'll join us, and we'll meet out in front of the baptismal, and I'll lead you on back at 1.30. Uh, we also, uh, next Sunday, are going to start having a youth section right here in the sanctuary. And so all the youth can come and sit together. And so keep your eyes open this next Sunday because we'll have the section marked. Uh, and if you're from 6th to 12th grade, come, come and sit back there with us. And, and we'd love to have you and, and love to worship together. Uh, I, I'm so excited for what God is doing in our youth group. I think it's a, a new season. And so I was, I was, um, I was reading and Amos, and it's Amos chapter 9, verse 13. And it says, Hear this, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When the plowman will overtake the reaper, and the one who treads the grapes, the sower of seed. And I think that is, is such a, a, a prophetic word for our kids because I think our kids are going to begin to rise up, and God is going to open their mouths and fill them with the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I think so many times, you know, we, we send our kids to youth group and we hope that they, you know, get to know the Lord and then they go off to college and we hope they stay saved. And then after college, we hope that they come back to the church. But I think God is going to do a new thing. I think God is, is going to begin to pour out his spirit, his sovereign anointing in our kids. I read about a guy and there was a... Um, a real sovereign work of the Lord in Asia. And he went over to see what the Lord was doing. And the pastor of the movement began to show him around and he began to take him to these Sunday school rooms. And he opened one of the rooms and it was full of little children. And, and the man looked in there and he said, who is the teacher? And he said, it's that little boy right back there. And so he began to listen and he said there was such an anointing on that kid and there was such a such a, a power for him to deliver to those the word to those kids. And so usually, you know, such a young group of kids, you see them running around and running to play, playing, but they were all sitting and listening attentively to the word of the Lord that was coming from this little boy. And so I think we're going to begin to see that. And so I just, I, you know, I want you to not be shocked when our, when our youth begin to rise up and when they begin to preach and they begin to prophesy and they begin to teach. Amen. Because it's this generation that God has come to use. 
Uh, and so keep your ears open because we have more exciting stuff coming down the pipeline for the youth. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're putting the finishing touches on it, but we've got some really good stuff coming up. Uh, if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to turn our hearts to giving and, and say our offering declaration together. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you can serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy to see you today. If no one's told you they love you, I want to be the first. I'm just telling you some of my favorite people in the whole wide world in this room today, and that's you. I'm just so happy to see you. I always look forward to an opportunity to worship together on Sunday. I met some really special, beautiful people before church, and uh, I just want to introduce you. We've got people. I, I So... There is a couple, I think, from Maine. Did I hear Maine? Where's Maine? Stand up, Maine. Let us welcome you. God bless you. Welcome. I also met some people uh, from South Carolina. Where is South Carolina? Stand up, South Carolina. Let us welcome South Carolina. Wow. So happy to have you here. So I also met some folks from North Carolina, right? Where's North Carolina? Stand up. Let us welcome you. Glad to have you here. Yeah, so I met some wonderful people from New York. Tell me again what, what's it? Stanton Island. They got Jesus up there, brother. Stand up. Stand up. Let us welcome you. We're so happy you're here. Oh, my goodness. I, when I met them, I, I immediately felt related. Isn't it, isn't it really cool? how the family of God really feels like a family. I mean, so, so they had uh, followed us uh, through some of our family things that, that you would know about, and they just were saying how much they prayed for us. And I don't know, instantly our hearts were knit, and I just felt like I had known you for so long. God bless you. So I met some folks from uh, South Africa. Is that right? South Africa. Stand up and let us welcome you. We're honored to have you today. You guys watch us over there in South Africa? That's, that's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. And so also, believe it or not, there's a lady here from Dublin, Ireland. Where are you? Dublin. Stand up. Let us welcome D Dublin, Ireland. We're so glad to have you all the way across the pond. Wow. Glad you're here. So, okay, so now I'm, I'm running down to the end of the, oh, what, no, no, Kentucky. I met Kentucky today. I want everybody in this room from Kentucky to stand up and let us welcome Kentucky. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're glad to have you here. So now, who am I missing? Michigan. Stand up, Michigan. Glad you're here today. Where, where in Michigan? Taylor? 
Okay, wow, I don't know where that is, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> glad you found Nashville. <laughs> All right, who else am I missing? Texas, stand up, Texas. Let us welcome Texas. Glad you're here. I think there's another couple from, from Texas. Oh, there's a girl here from my hometown, Bastrop, Louisiana. Stand up, honey, let me welcome you. We're so glad you're here. I met some Mississippi folks. Stand up, Mississippi. Let us welcome Mississippi. So glad you're here. Anybody else? What? That's right. Washington State. We've got folks from Washington State here and Washington State there. Stand up. Let us welcome you. Come on, stand up. Let us welcome. Happy you're here. Honored to have you. Anybody else? Arkansas. Stand up, Arkansas. Arkadelphia. Yeah, glad you're here. Forgive me. Tell me again. Georgia, stand up, Georgia. We got some Dalton, Georgia folks, too. Welcome, welcome to Nashville. Anybody else? Ohio, stand up, Ohio. We're glad you're here. Anybody else? All right, Fulton, Tennessee. You get the button for traveling the farthest, brother. We're glad you're here. We are. We're glad. There's, seriously, there are people that drive very long distances to be here today, and we honor you. Uh, even, even if you're still in the state of Tennessee, we honor you. There's a lady here. Uh, they drove, I don't know, from the other side of the state to be here today. And so we, we honor you, your effort to be in the house of God. It's easy to sit and watch on the computer, but you actually want to come in and worship. That's what the, the New York people said. We just, we can't wait to worship. We just can't wait to worship. And I just love that. So, um, you know, it's really funny. Oh, wait, did I miss anybody else? Pennsylvania. Stand up, Pennsylvania. Where, where are you from in Pennsylvania? Philadelphia. All right. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Nashville. Any, anybody else? Texas? All right, Texas, stand up. Honored to have you. So this morning, early this morning, I, when I was praying, I got up uh, just really early, just seeking the Lord. And so I started singing that song, Jasmine sang, Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. So later on in the morning, uh, I called Jasmine and I said, I just want, this morning in prayer, this song erupted out of my spirit. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. I just, I just walked through my house just worshiping. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. So she, she flipped through her phone and she said, well, actually, that is on the song list today. She said, it erupted in me too. And so I told the musicians, we want to sing that. And so I just wonder before Pastor Kent comes up, uh, we don't even have this rehearsed or planned or anything, but I appreciate you being here. I love you, Channing Ellen, Ellington. I just love you so much. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. give honor to the Lamb. Praise the Lamb. My heart sings. My heart sings His praise again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. He 
he's worthy of our praise today. Can we sing it again? Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Would you just stand and sing it to him? so good. Let's just sing it one more time. Can we do it? Hallelujah. Sing it, church. glad I didn't wear pink today. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother, you're from New York, right? You and your, is that your wife? Come here, I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. I sense a real spirit of the Lord upon you. And God says that you've been in a dark place. And you've wondered, Lord, what are you doing? But God says, I'm getting ready to roll back the clouds off of your life. And there's such an anointing on you, says the Lord. And you have a hunger for souls. The Lord says that you're going to be mighty in turning back the powers of darkness. In this day, hallelujah, I anoint you, says the Lord, with a new season, a new blessing of the Spirit of God. I break poverty off of you in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to bless you, hallelujah, for your years of faithfulness and the Spirit. For you've come out of great deliverance, says the Lord. I did a great work in your life. For you used to be bound, and you and people would look at you, and they thought, I even, I even see jail. But the Lord says that I have released, hallelujah, in you an anointing and a powerful spirit of God. I even sense a spirit of evangelism on you by the spirit of the Lord. I see you standing on streets declaring the word of the Lord and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Get ready, says the Lord, for I have turned a page on your life. And even I guided your feet to this house this day for thy days, hallelujah, see great change ahead. But my hand is upon you and I am lifting thy head today, says the Lord, for the power of God shall come forth out of thy belly. For my son and daughter, I am well pleased with thee, says the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Praise God. Praise God. About four, four years ago, four and a half years ago, uh, I think it was the last night, New Year's Eve night on, of year 2017, I began to release a prophetic word, and in that God began to talk about God portals and God gates. And I'd never heard that before, and, and I began to ask the Lord about that, and God said God portals were geographical locations where the spirit and the anointing of God would be concentrated. And out of that, it would almost be like a pool or a, a river of just the spirit of the Lord coming out. And he said God gates would be men and women that the Lord would use in those God portals to release the anointing of the Lord. So this morning I was in the woods and I was walking on my prayer trail and I was praying. I'd never even thought about this and God began to speak to me. He said, as there are God portals and God gates, he said, there are also demon portals and demon gates in the earth right now. And we don't think of those sayings, but the Lord said there are concentrated areas in the earth right now where there are a, a gathering of demon spirits that are trying to rule in the atmosphere. And the Lord says that there are also demon gates, which are men that the enemy has raised up in this hour throughout the earth, and they have sold their souls to the devil. They cannot be saved. It will not ever be reversed, but they are committed to the cause of Satan. And the Lord says in these next few years that the church, hallelujah, has a mandate upon them that as God is raising them, God portals in this hour that is the mandate of the church to begin to arm herself and go to war. Now, whether we realize it or not, the enemy has declared war on the church. You'd have to live somewhere in a hole not to realize that hell is coming after the church of the Most High. I want to read a portion of scripture out of the book of Nehemiah. It's Ezra and Nehemiah. It's a smaller book, but this is the setting of where Samballat and Tobiah are angry that the walls of Jerusalem are being rebuilt. And it was a, a, it was a mandate from God to rebuild the walls. Verse 7 out of chapter 4 of Nehemiah says, But it came to pass that when Samballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites, Ashdodites, heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very angry and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now, going down to verse 17. They which builded on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it or carried burdens, every one of them with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other held a weapon. 
For the builders, every one of them had a sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. We have for so long in the church, really the number one enemy that leadership has talked about in the church and in conferences really has been about poverty, lack of finance. That's, what's, that's what the enemy has been because everything has been about prosperity. The devil doesn't care whether you're poor or you're rich. He cares whether you're armed. And when the Lord began to speak this to me, he said, tell my people that they need to arm themselves for battle. And when the enemy was coming after Nehemiah, the scripture says that they tried to stop the building of the wall. What you're seeing right now in the prophetic realm is God is closing up the breaches in the church. There have been too many gaps that the enemy can just waltz in and sabotage a service. He can sabotage a ministry. He can sabotage people that God is using to be key people in a service. And the Lord said, close up the breaches. And I'm mandating people in this hour that you need to get some weapons and arm yourself because you are in a battle. And if you don't arm yourself in the Holy Ghost, the enemy enemy is going to defeat you, steal everything you got, leave you in a weeping pile of mess, and God is saying, I have given you authority. I remember years ago talking with, at that time, was considered a successful pastor, and uh, he came to me and he said, you know, when we're building our churches, we are using the techniques that Fortune 500 companies use. The problem with the church for so long is we have been fascinated with the weapons that the enemy uses. They use natural weapons. They use media, they use stage presence, they use talent. They use natural growth ideas. They use advertising. What you see today in this building did not come because of advertising. For years, we tried everything. We had billboards. My wife and I were on the billboard atop Hustler downtown West End. We did advertising, we got on Christian radio, nothing worked. But we always stayed in prayer. We never stopped prayer meeting on Saturdays because nobody came. Because there was a mandate in us to pray. So when we would get up and go to prayer meeting and there would be four people, we were arming ourselves because we realized that we were in a battle. 
Now the scripture says the weapons of your warfare are not natural weapons. I don't know why the church couldn't clue in on this. We thought that if we had a bigger building or a better sound system or a better presentation, and I'm not against those things, but I can tell you this, the enemy is not moved by your presentation. The Bible says it's only the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not how good your building looks. It doesn't matter how much it costs. Can I tell you, if we had to move it to a tent this year, we would still have a move of the power of the Holy Ghost for it is not by might and it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. And what God is trying to do in this hour is get some believers that got war mentality that are not looking to sit on their leases, but they are ready for encounter with God. So you can't fund, you can't move the last harvest by a degree. God can use those things, but they are secondary to the primary. The problem is anointing, you can't control it. It takes control out of the hands of people. It will change your song setting. The Holy Ghost will come in and say, it doesn't matter what you have on your song set. I want to sing this. And when you begin to sing that, all of a sudden, the glory of God just settles down in the building. You think, my God, we've sang that. That thing was written 100 years ago. It's out of style. The anointing is never out of style. Hallelujah. The move of God is never out of style. It is the presence of the Lord. So... The church got so caught up in being prosperous. Let me read you a verse that we don't hear preached very often. This is in the book of James, chapter 4. It says, you adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is hatred with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. That's pretty stiff. That's why you hear me say, I'm not looking to be friends with them. Because the system is our enemy. Anybody that opposes the gospel is the enemy of the church. And until we get past this point that, well, we just want to be friends with everybody, we don't want to stir up. And you know how many letters I get from, from people that write me that say, we're not going to church anywhere because since COVID, our pastors don't want to be offensive to anybody. So they just watered it down. We don't want to talk about anything that would upset the apple cart. We are at war. Not only, and, and listen, the stakes are high because part of it is your children. 
Right now, hell has taken over this generation of young people. Over 70% of young people in the church, so-called church today, do not believe in the infallible word of the Lord. Do not believe that the word of God is the infallible word of God. Do not believe that homosexuality is wrong. Do not believe that abortion is wrong. And they do not believe that it's wrong to live together. How did we turn that out? Because we forgot that we were at war. Oh, may God give us such a move amongst our young people for our babies. Hallelujah. That the Holy Ghost falls back on them by the power of the Lord. You say, how does that happen? Give us some Sunday school teachers, some youth leaders that get between the porch and the altar and begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost over the souls of our kids. So the Bible is very clear that the weapons that God has given us are not natural weapons. But they are mighty or they're powerful through God for one reason. To pull down strongholds. I've told you, I think it was maybe last week, that there is a parallel between what's going on in the natural and what's going on in the spirit realm. You may not realize it, but there is a very concerted, well-planned-out effort to disarm the United States of America, to take guns from every private citizen, because you can never control a nation that is armed. And so a lot of these shootings that you see and stuff, the media jumps all over them. The, I think it was two weeks ago, I got something on my phone, I looked, it said, six people have been shot in Chicago. There is a call to recall weapons. There are more people that die in Chicago in one month than the entire country of Israel. Over 2,000 people, if I'm not mistaken, die in a year in Chicago. And I'm thinking, six people, well, that's just normal for Chicago. But the media is after the fact that they want to disarm citizens. But there's also a spiritual side of it. The enemy is trying to disarm you and I because you can't win a battle if you don't have a weapon. And if you don't have a weapon, you have to stay home. And God is trying to tell us, arm yourself. Hallelujah. Arm yourself in the Holy Ghost because you are in a battle and it is up to you. Can I tell you, Jesus defeated the devil in heaven and he's looking at the church now. He says, you defeat him in the earth. It is the responsibility of the church to rise up in the Holy Ghost and declare war on hell, to declare war on evil. We are not the friend of the world, but we are the friend of God. If along these same thoughts in 1 Samuel chapter 13, when the Philistines controlled Israel, in the 13th chapter, it tells us why. It says, now there was no blacksmith in Israel. Blacksmiths made weapons. 
And the Philistines got rid of the blacksmiths because they knew if Israel didn't have swords, then they couldn't rebel. There is this effort, hallelujah, and we, it has been so subtle. But when we lost our anointing in the pulpit, we lost our weapons. We are more prosperous than we've ever been. There were no church buildings like this basically in the 50s. I, I can't tell you how many times I went to church in a storefront. But there was a move of the Spirit of the Lord. And there was righteousness even in our legislator in, in Washington, D.C. because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And I hear by the Spirit of the Lord saying, arm yourselves. Now listen, if you don't use your weapon, the enemy will use it. The Scripture says that when Goliath came out to challenge Israel, that Saul wouldn't go out and fight Goliath. Remember that? Said they hid in their tents. And here comes David and Saul. And David says, I'll go fight him. And the scripture says that Saul tried to give his weapons to David. David said, number one, he's thinking, if you don't have any confidence in him, why would I? He said, I don't need those. <clears throat> so the sword that Saul had that should have killed Goliath, Saul wouldn't use it. Now fast forward. The Bible says that Saul fell on his own sword and died. If you don't use your weapon, and this is the problem with the church, we wouldn't use our weapons. So the enemy used our own weapons against us. What we call anointing, the world calls charisma. And what we call the move of God, the world called the dynamics of a crowd. And you can get in the atmosphere of some of those things and you can see how the powers of darkness worked because the enemy was counterfeiting what we had. And if you don't use the weapons that you have to destroy your enemy, then the enemy will take those same weapons and turn them on you. And when Goliath could not take off the head of David with his own sword, the Bible says that David took Goliath's sword and took off his head. It is about time that the church begin to rise up in the anointing of the Lord and begin to take back the things that belong to the house of God and declare greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You need to have authority and confidence to bind the powers of darkness. I cannot tell you how many pastors when it comes to casting demons out of people can't do it so they'll call us. Now they'll make fun of us for it until they need it done. I got a pastor friend in another state, moved strongly in deliverance, casting out demons. 
And none of these pastors would operate in deliverance until somebody they needed delivered. Then they would, ask, they would call him and ask him, will you cast them out? Part of the ministry of Jesus was deliverance. Now, there is a balance. This is why we don't cast demons out of people in the altar. Because demons like to show off. They like to distract. And the other side of it scares the daylights out of people that don't know what deliverance is. But we have authority over demons. Then many times when I began to come against somebody that had needed demons cast out, that spirit started to manifest, I just tell them, stop that in the name of Jesus. That thing lay right down. Why? Because you have authority in the Holy Ghost. But somewhere the church got this mentality that it's all about prosperity and my dreams and me being lifted up and me being used and my gift being, being uh, enjoyed. And we didn't realize it's never been about us. It's about God using God gates in God portals to pull down the strongholds of the enemy what we are doing right now is we have a fire of the Holy Ghost and we have become blacksmiths in the spirit of the Lord if you could see it in the spirit realm right now God is mass manufacturing weapons in the Holy Ghost for the church in this hour and somewhere we have to change our mentality we are not at peace When you go home tonight, right in the spirit realm, there will be men planning around the world the demise of righteousness and holiness, outlawing the Bible and causing great liberty to come to abortion and everything else. It is the power of the church. When did we lose our love for prayer? Why is it prayer meeting is the least attended meeting in the house of God? Yet there is no greater weapon in the arsenal of the believer than the power of Holy Ghost apostolic prayer. You give me women, women that will stand in this building and pray of the Holy Ghost that are not intimidated by the powers of darkness. And in the name of Jesus, we bind the strongholds over this city, over this nation. I tell you, you are arming yourself by the power of the Holy Ghost. God never intended for us to be defensive believers. That the only time we respond to the enemy is when we've been attacked. Every day in prayer, I attack the enemy. Say, so weren't you afraid that something bad's going to happen? Only to the enemy. Why? Because there's a bloodline around you and I. Hallelujah. I read it today. The Bible says, and I find this so interesting. It said, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan came also. And I thought of the scripture that says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. Even the devil does it. 
he presents himself before the Lord. I mean, I don't know why he showed up. But, you know, there, I don't know what it meant to be presented to the Lord at that time. I don't know if each one of them is coming and they're saying, Lord, this is what we did this week. And this is what's happening in this area. And, and the devil shows up. And the Lord looks at him and he says, have you considered my servant Job? He said, there ain't nobody like him in the earth. He's blameless and upright and abstains from evil. And the devil says, only because you put a hedge around him. And he said, I can't touch him. Hallelujah. The devil cannot touch you. Say, then why do we get sick and people get cancer and, and different things? Number one, everybody has to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. So I'm not, I don't know why we're surprised when people die. Unless Jesus comes back in the near future, all of us are going to go the way of death. So death isn't always mean the devil did it. If you're 90 years old, it's probably time to go on home. Unless God gives you extra life. So what does bad stuff happen to Christians? Because the devil will test. He will trespass. This is why you have to be prayed up. Because the moment... And my wife and both can talk about this. The moment that the enemy puts his foot on our territory, I can feel it in the spirit. Don't necessarily know what it is, but you can feel something that says there's something going on. What is that? That's the enemy testing to see if he can get inside of your realm of protection. At that moment, this is why we pray for the sick that are believers. It's not that we're praying for God to heal them. We are praying and commanding a trespassing spirit that has no God-given authority or right to be there. It's so just because it's there doesn't mean it's legal. It is not legal. And at that moment, you have the authority in the Holy Ghost to say, you may be here, but I command you in the name of Jesus, you will back out the same way you came in because this is sacred ground. This is holy ground. This is where God lives. This is a divine protection around us. So somewhere we got lulled to sleep, and I think part of it, I blame 99% of the mess that the church is in today on preachers. Shame on them. Don't want to pray get so drunk on prosperity and success services that you can have great, you can have service whether God shows up or not. I can tell you right now, unless God shows up, we won't have good church. We're not based on that. 
I am not a good preacher or an orator unless I'm anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. I get on this platform and I release to you because God has put something in me. There's a fire in my bones. Today it's about you need to get some weapons in your hand and not allow the enemy to keep charging you about the Spirit of the Lord. Stop being defensive. We are reactionary only in the spirit realm when God intended for us, hallelujah, to be proactive in the Holy Ghost. That means before the enemy ever stepped into our world, we step into his world and we cross over into his territory. And he looks up and goes, what are you doing here? We don't see believers over here. That is because we have the power. To pull down strongholds. What are strongholds? They are places that demons congregate where they feel safe. That they're not afraid that anybody's going to come in. Jericho was a stronghold. It was way out of the scope of the Israelites. But God said... I have given you the city, not going to. He said, I've given you the city. I don't know if the Lord let them march for seven days just to let the arrogance of Jericho rise up. But on the seventh day, on the seventh time around, supernaturally, we watched it fall. What we have to do in this hour is arm ourselves with spiritual weapons. When you go to Galatians 6 and you begin to read the description of what Paul talks about, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, loins girt about with truth, all of those are to protect you there are only two that are listed at the end of that that are offensive. One is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and the other one is prayer. We have lost this nation because we could quit putting emphasis on the word of the Lord. How many preachers preach a message and never once read a verse? The name of Jesus is never mentioned. There's no prayer in it. So the enemy will allow you to grow and be prosperous. When you get armed, you might as well get ready. Hell's coming after you with everything that he's got. For most of my ministry, the enemy did everything he could to make us quit. Just as many of you have gone through most of our life, we lived broke. We barely had enough money. I still don't know how we made it raising our kids. We never had a big church. We never had success. But I can tell you this. I realized that I was on this earth for one thing, to fulfill the purpose of God. It never was about me. It's not about you. But you give me a few men and women that get past self and just say, lifting up Jesus Christ and to him be the glory. Can I tell you there I was thinking about this in prayer the other day. 
Because I told the Lord this. I said, God, there is no price too high to pay to be used for you. But in reality, you don't pay a price. It's a privilege. You don't earn being used by God. And the longer I serve the Lord, the more when I get in prayer, I tell the Lord, God, I look back on difficult times. And I want to thank you that you allowed me to suffer for your name's sake. Hallelujah. God, I want to thank you that you trusted me with your presence. I want to thank you, God. And you know what he'll do? He'll take away the pain of those memories. And you begin to realize the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. I wrote it down in my notes. God is arming us because we need to protect the purpose and the harvest of God in this hour. The enemy is coming after the church's harvest with everything that he has. And it is a mandate on this God portal right here that you and I have to protect the mandate of God that is upon us. May God so burn in your spirit. May God so get a hold of you. May he wake you up in the middle of the night with your soul on fire. May God put inside of your spirit the sword of the Lord. May you have a spirit of boldness that gets on you. May the authority of God come up out of your spirit. We are way past this being about building a business or furthering your career. Or hoping you get a break for your gifting that you believe will put you before thousands. This is way past that. Hallelujah. This hour, the only thing about this church is to further the kingdom of the Lord. It doesn't matter what God demands of us, how much we pray, how much we fast. It is a privilege that God would pick us in this hour to feel the presence and the glory of the Lord. May God so baptize you today with a realization that is the presence of God upon you. The only time some people ever respond is when the enemy attacks them. If, if the principle of not using your weapon will allow the enemy to get a hold of it, then it can also be reversed. And that the weapons of the enemy we can use to defeat them. So many times in the scriptures, first of all, you've heard me say this, what, where we are in this nation and in the other nations is way past politics. We're not hearing too much anymore about uh, President Trump. We're not hearing too much about the political realm because God is beginning to help us understand that there is no man that's going to turn the tide. Now, 
God can use people as tools to help fulfill his will. But deliverance will never be encased in the gifting of a man. And God always gives great victory when it looks like it's over and done. And many times in the scriptures, and this is what's going to happen prophetically in the earth in this hour. It happened with Gideon. It happened with Nehemiah. It happened in other instances where the enemy came in in innumerable numbers. Far outweighing the ability of God's people. And they would cry to the Lord. In fact, there's one instance, and this is between Judah and Israel. And I forget the kings, but I think one was Solomon's son, who I believe was, was it Rehoboam or Jeroboam? I can't remember which one. The king of Israel tells him, I'm coming to war. The king of Judah says, you need to let well enough alone. He said, because... Jeroboam has created priests that are not of of the Levites. He's created golden calves and told Israel, this is who delivered you. And he said, you are not in covenant with God. He said, Judah is in covenant with God. And he said, we have the Levitical priesthood. And he said, we have the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. And when they went to battle, the Bible says that Judah annihilated Israel because Israel was arrogant enough to think that natural superiority was enough to win the battle. In Nehemiah's time, the scripture says that Samballat declared war, and in one night, an angel sent from God killed 185,000 men. And when they woke up, Most of them were dead laying on the ground. In other instances, you would see it with Gideon. The Bible said the Midianites and the Ammonites turned on each other and killed each other while 300 men watched. Watch me, says the Lord, for I have waited for such a time as this until man's ability has died and it looks like there is no hope. And in the midnight hour, saith the Lord, I am sending my army back to the earth and I I am going to lose a rhema word of God. And in that moment, without the firing of a shot, I will cause your enemy to turn on each other. And they will fall on the right hand and on the left hand. But as I declared, it shall not come nigh unto thy dwelling. It is not over till I say it's over, saith God. For this is not in your strength, but it is for my namesake, for my glory, and for my word. I will not go down in defeat, saith God. But this hour, saith the Lord, is mine hour, and I will sustain my house, saith the Lord. This is what God spoke to me. He said, every lukewarm Christian that won't sell out to me, who thinks they won't go to the other side, they will. God says, for there is a day of decision coming, 
and I'm going to make every man and woman choose which side they're on. And the Lord says, every lukewarm, though they do not think they will, they will choose evil over righteousness because of the fear of men. If there ever was a time that you need to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is this hour. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Say, how do I do that, Pastor? Arm yourself. Strap on the armor of God. Don't go to prayer moaning and telling God how bad it is. Forget about what your problems are. Go to prayer and say the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I know that if I take care of your kingdom, I know, Lord, that you already take care of mine. So I'm not worried about where I am financially. I already know, God, you're going to come through. I know, Lord, you already healed me at Calvary. But now, God, I pray that you would flow through the house of the Lord and you would begin to lose a of the line of Judah in our nation. God, that you would pull down the statue in the Parthenon in Nashville, Tennessee. Lord, that you would roar through the very high White House in the name of the Lord. My God, that you will shake the heavens in the name of Jesus. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves in prayer, I will hear from heaven and I will bring liberty. You gotta get passionate for God. You gotta get a fire in your belly. You gotta rise up. This is no time for conscientious objectors in the kingdom of the Lord. God needs some men and women that got weapons of the power of the Lord. We have relegated God to Sundays. And while we are living the life of luxury during the week, hell is at war. Sunday night, they're at war. Monday, they are strategizing. Tuesday, hallelujah, they are storming the God portals. We have become so weak that it's all we can do to get Christians to come to church one time a week. When I was a boy, and many of you would probably say the same thing, I was, I was blessed to be born into the church. So I don't know any other life. I don't know what it is to be addicted. I'm, I'm, my wife says, you need more compassion for people that have been addicted. She said, you've never been addicted. So <clears throat> I pray about that. <laughs> I don't know what it is to be an alcoholic or, you know, to be hooked on drugs or hooked on pornography. So I'm grateful that God kept me from those things. But I also know God can deliver you from those things. But when I was a kid, revival was six weeks. Every night. So six times seven, that's church 42 times twice on Sunday. So that's about 46 services in a row. Nobody went on vacation during revival. Over the years, you know, we put out a calendar. We got New Year's Eve service. We got um, anniversary service. We got this. 
And they knew four months out. And then you have anniversary service and half the church is there. You go, well, we had a family reunion last couple weeks. And I'm thinking, my God, you already knew we had anniversary service. When we had visitors, let's say we had relatives come to our house. And it's church night. You know what he said? We're going to church. You can either come with us or you can stay here and we'll come back when church is over. You know what we do now? Pastor, I can't come to church because we've got family in town. We cease to put priority. And then when we have church, we can't figure out why God won't come. He said, well, you won't come most of the time. I just thought I'd take a night off. This is an unusual church. I fully expect, I expected it in worship today just to see a visible cloud of the glory of God. Or not just to have a flash of an angel, but to have them fully manifest, standing on both sides 12 feet tall because there is authority in this house. Right now, hallelujah, I can hear by the Spirit, the Lord says that what we are doing right now, we are pushing back strongholds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That we are being armed by the Spirit of the Lord. When you came to church today, you came, hallelujah, as an army of the Lord. We are pushing back the powers of darkness. I want the enemy to be so surprised in his strongholds when he looks up and goes, we ain't never seen any Christians here before. Hallelujah, to invade, to be proactive in the powers of the Lord. Hallelujah. We got prayer meeting Saturday, and when we come to prayer meeting Saturday, we're going to bombard the strongholds of the atmosphere over this building. Hallelujah. And you'll notice when you come to our prayer meetings, we don't for 45 minutes have somebody, okay, you pray over this, and then you pray over that, and everybody just kind of silent. Listen, we're walking in this building. We're praying in tongues. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. Our prayer room is about pulling down the strongholds of hell. You show me a praying church, and I'll show you a church, hallelujah, that is triumphant in the powers of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Nashville is called... <clears throat> the little Vatican of the world. Because we have more churches per capita than any city on the planet. We are number one in Bible colleges. We are number one in religious publication. We are number one in religious music. No wonder, hallelujah, God is raising up a God portal in this hour. <clears throat> By the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. At times I can kind of get a glimpse for a moment behind the curtain. We have no idea what's getting ready to happen in this city, says the Lord. Hallelujah. No wonder every Sunday it's from New York to California. It's other countries. What is it? The Lord is raising up something. We're on the very beginning stages of an Azusa Street, says the Lord. And as you begin to come together, says God, the Lord says, get ready, saith the Lord, for I'm getting ready to give you your own habitation. I'm getting ready to give you your own house, says God, because I'm getting ready to add more. 
more time with you. You're going to come to a day, says the Lord, that as I give you your habitation, the Spirit of the Lord will never lift and the gates of the house will never be shut. They shall come from all over the world, saith God, for there will be creative miracles. They will come on one side in a wheelchair and they will run up on the other side healed by the power of God. There will be the manifestation of angels, says the Lord, and the glory and the power of God will not lift even as it stayed in the tabernacle so shall it be resident in this sanctuary says God for your eyes shall see it and your spirit shall declare surely the Lord is in this place for these next few months before the end of this year saith God have now been moved by heaven to be pregnant with the supernatural and the miraculous open up your soul saith God for the hand of the Lord has smiled upon this house and even in the natural debt is being broken your children are coming in saith the Lord and the spirit and the glory of God is upon thee even Washington D.C. will hear of the glory of God that is resident in this house where I have raised this house up saith God to drive back the powers of darkness you are ground zero for the glory of God to be released upon this place saith the Lord and I will perform my word uh, saith God stand with me hallelujah no prayer partners today if you are willing to tell God today I am making a commitment to you that I am arming myself from this day on saith to, to you, to the Lord, that God, I am making changes, that you will become the very focus of my life. Run to this front, hallelujah, and tell God today that, Lord, today everything else will take secondary place for the glory of God to be released upon me by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is a pulling of the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord says, because when I came to Solomon, says the Lord, in a dream, and I told him, you can ask me for anything, and I will give it to you. The Lord said, I never had given that to any other man. And he said, Solomon, because you did not ask me for wealth, riches or fame but you ask for wisdom to guide my people the Lord says I am going to give you the ability to lead my people but he also said because you did not ask for it I'm also going to give you wealth and riches God says to this house Because you have come and you're hungry for my presence above all things. I'm going to let you see my glory as few generations have seen it, says the Lord. But also, there is going to be an abundance of blessing 
upon this house. Not only am I going to give you your own house, says the Lord, I'm also going to give you houses in other places where your influence will reach. For I've made you a catalyst, says the Lord. And this day, saith God, I release a suddenly in this sanctuary by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abigail, where's James? James, are you here? Come here. Hallelujah. 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 Come here, James. Let him, let him stand right here by you, Jennifer. Praise God. <clears throat> hallelujah. 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 Yarababa someday. I know some things by the natural, but I'm also going to release to you what I'm hearing by the Spirit. God said that it's like you've carried a ball and chain that everywhere you go, you can feel it dragging. This day, saith God, upon you, son, I cut that ball and chain off, and I heal you by the power of the Lord, for there is much for you to do in the kingdom. Sunday and daughter, the, the hidden things that you feel like that I am disqualified and that God will never use me again this day saith the Lord I turn the page it is under the blood and the hand of God I this day forge you as one in the spirit and oh I bless you this hour saith the Lord for all the wounds that have bled for those years this day saith God you have a father that will never forsake thee, will never ever let you down but this day saith God I put in thy spirit and out of thy belly there begins to flow the joy of the Lord, even in thy night times when thy sleep has been taken away this night saith God the rest of the Lord be upon thee and from this day on watch what I do saith God because the hand of the Lord is upon thee I also feel this, even though I gave this to James and Abigail, there are so many of you that are carrying things from the past that have been done to you. You love God, you're serving the Lord with all your heart, but there's just stuff that happened that you can't get free from. How you know about us? The Lord says right now in the name of Jesus, God says, I loose angels in amongst you with healing salve of the Spirit. God says, I'm beginning to heal your hearts. Hallelujah. 
and wounds, said the Lord, that have festered, that have caused you so much pain. You thought, Lord, will I ever be free? Will I ever be whole? This day, said God, I lose healing upon this house because what I have for this house to do, I cannot have you wounded and not whole. So right now, saith the Lord, out of thy spirit, hallelujah, there is loose word of God in your heart and in your soul and in your spirit and your past is broken in the name of Jesus and I sever its hold on you and this day saith God I turn the page in your life that you will not look to the past but from this moment on saith God you will only see what God has set before me by his own spirit and favor Hallelujah. Do we have people that we need to pray for today? If we do, you can get them ready. There's a blacksmith in the house today. Hallelujah. God is putting weapons in your hand right now. Some of you have felt like, well, I'm not... I'm out class. No, you're not. There is nothing that you cannot do through the power of God. And I know that. 36 years ago, I wound up homeless in this town. Had absolutely nothing. And I look at what God has done. If God can do that for me, wrecked car, no money, no family, no church, no ministry. God is no respecter of persons. He can do that for you. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the arms of God reaching around you today. In the name of Jesus. This is Julie. She's from Tennessee here. Brain tumor, fibromyalgia. All right. Her name is Julie. You like coffee? You like coffee, don't you? Me too. How long you had this brain tumor? All right. You're supposed to uh, August 4th. All right, she found out June 15th that she has a brain tumor. And they want to go in there scheduled August 4th to <clears throat> remove this brain tumor. Tell me your name again. June? June. June. You believe Jesus is bigger than that brain tumor? Hallelujah. Amen. This is what the church is supposed to do right here. Now, when I lay hands on her, you're going to lay hands on her by faith. And we're going to see Julie, when she goes to the doctor, the doctor will say, there's no tumor. We don't understand it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, God, we curse. You foul brain tumor. I curse you in the name of the Lord. God, you've done this so many times. 
do it again. Oh, hallelujah. Shrivel up and die, you brain tumor, in the name of the Lord. Oh, God, Lord, I thank you now. I praise you. Hallelujah. That Lord Julie is whole. She's healed. I release the word of the Lord in her. That God, from this moment on, Lord, you have done a work. Fire of God begin to flow through you. In Jesus' name, no tumor, no cancer. Whole healed in the name of Jesus by the power of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's from here in Tennessee. Kidney failure. 
come and believe it for a miracle. Amen. Michael, how old are you? 67. Amen. Need new kidneys. Need new kidneys, don't you? You just need an overhaul. Amen. You believe God's going to touch you? Hallelujah. We want to do God's work. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I lose the power of God. God in Michael's body, in his heart. God in his kidneys. In the name of the Lord. God, that you would send a boat of divine healing all through him. God, that you would renew his strength. Now I rebuke the attack of the enemy. Now, Lord, arm him. God, with help, arm him with the glory of the Lord. Oh, my Jesus, in thy name, God, the power, the power of God. Hallelujah. Out of your belly. Now, Lord, we loose it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Well, I just feel like we need to tarry for a moment. I sense God just releasing some things in the spirit realm to this church. Hallelujah. When I look at us in the spirit, we're the 300 that Gideon had. There was no fear. We weren't afraid. This is a fearless group of people right here. <clears throat> Raise your hands across this building. Now, Lord, this is your army that you've assembled in the name of Jesus. And God, you've brought us from all corners of the United States. And Lord, you have assembled this house called Regeneration Nashville. Lord, I ask you today, Lord, that there would be release from heaven, new gifts, hallelujah, God, that our faith would reach another level in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, the hindrances, God, that are fighting against many today in this building, Lord, I release housing in the name of the Lord. God, for those that are here and those that are coming, I begin to release housing in the name of Jesus. Supernatural housing in the name of the Lord. That God, people will just begin to come up to you and say, I've got a home, I don't know why, but we want you to have it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release jobs in the name of the Lord. God, we release healing in the name of the Lord. Favor, favor, favor be upon you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now may God, you begin to lose angelic visitation. God, invade our bedrooms at night. Give us dreams, visions, and open visions in the name of Jesus. 
set angels around this man and this woman in this house. And God, nothing can come near us. No harm to our dwelling in the name of the Lord. Now, God, heal us in Jesus' name. May the Spirit of the Lord flow upon thee as oil from your head to your feet. May God charge you, hallelujah, with a mandate from heaven. May God cause every mandate of the enemy to be broken off of your life. May the Spirit of the Lord burn inside of your spirit until you say, Oh God, let your spirit burn inside of me. God, loose revival in this house in the name of the Lord. Let the sound of the Lord begin to come up out of our spirit. Renew us by the power of God. Give us strength, Lord. Renew us our health in the name of Jesus and loose the manifestation of the power of God in this place. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.